theyeshiva.net. Okay, Daf Tzadik Tess. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, Baruchim Abayim. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Daf Tzadik Tess. Thank you, thank you. Especially on this day of Tiferes, Shabbat Tiferes. Beauty of beauty. Daf Tzadik Tess, Amud Aleph. Column one, Tzadik Tess, column one, or page 197, on top it should say Bracha. Yeah, where I think, uh, how many lines from the top? One, two, three, four, five, six. Around 13, 14 lines from the top. The line starts Nifradim. Explaining the Pasuk, Kvoid Malchuscha Yoimeiro, Ugvuroscha Yidabeiro, Lahidia, Livneha Adam, Gvuroisa Vachvoid Hadar Malchusoi, Malchuscha Malchus Kalelamim. So yeah. The summation is that there's the way we talk of, of Hashem or of godliness as Mamalikalalman. What's the meaning of Mamalikalalman? So he finishes because it's a Chayas Pnimi. Chayas Pnimi means that it's the energy, it's the vitality that is internalized within each and every single creation. And since every single creation has its own toichen, its own uh, chemistry and its own theme, the word toichen comes from the word toich. Right? The word toichen, the toich means it has its own, its own inside, so to speak. It has its own shape, its own color, its own mold. I don't just mean physical. I mean on every level. Physical, and of course, it begins on the spiritual level, and therefore it's on the physical level. So every, every nivra, every created being, has its own unique chayas. Of course, there are the common denominators. You speak about the human species. We have common denominators. We're all called Adam. You speak about... The animal species, they're all called Balichayim. Yeah. You speak about Behema, Chaya, Oif. All birds are called Oif. They have a generic name. And then you have the eagle. You have the Nesher, like the, the positive, you have the Nesher, the Paris. You have every, every category. So you'll have obviously common denominators. You have Shratzim. You have all insects or all rodents or all fish. They come under a generic name because there's obviously many commonalities and there's also commonalities that exist in all created beings. But nonetheless, then, the, 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 but then there is also, in addition to that, there's also the, the individual character and persona of every single created being, both within its general species. So you'll have people and you'll have animals, you'll have birds and you'll have fish, you have trees and so forth. And then within them itself, you have the commonalities, but then you have the uniqueness of each person or of each animal or of each creation or of each insect, of each star, of each galaxy and really of each element even within creation. Like the, the Mishra says in Sanhedrin, no two faces are alike. No two mindsets are alike. So that's not a mistake. It's not something we need to overcome. <laughs> it's not like Nebach. You know, when, when is your nose going to look like my nose? When is your face? It's a famous voice from the Kotsky Rebbe that the Mishnah says over there in Sanhedrin. It's Taflamad Zayin, I think. Kishem, Shem, Partsufayin, Shavas. Ain de Yisein, Shavas. Just like two people's faces are not identical, their mindsets are not identical. So he says, why does the Mishnah compare the two? Mishnah is trying to explain something. You never see anybody get angry at somebody else that they don't look like them. <laughs> Come into Shul, when are you going to start looking like me? Why can't you just look like me? Why can't you be the same height like me and have the same forehead and the same nose and the same features and the same physique? Nobody... <laughs> On the contrary, I think people are happy that they have their own distinct look. So he says, so why do you get upset that somebody thinks different than you? <laughs> It's so bizarre. It's the same thing. It's part of the package. It's a very profound idea. It's not a threat to your existence. On the contrary, every person manifests the divine, infinite light 
in their unique way. And that's what Mamalakalama means. Malakalama means there's the way Hashem is manifested through you. The way Hashem is manifested through me. Obviously, there are commonalities. Nasa Adam Bitsalmeinu Kidmaseinu is on every Adam that comes from Adam and Chava. That's every Adam. That's commonalities. And on all the, cre- on the whole creation, we say, That's the entire world. But then there's the, the highest prati, the highest pnimi, what he calls it. The chiyus that is manifested through each creation individually. And this is obviously divided, as he puts it, into infinite levels and divisions because there is midas ha there is the gvura, the tzimtzum, the filter that restricts and tailor makes the energy to each, each nivra. And this is called kaya chapoyel benifel. The, the, the kaya chapoyel benifel means the core, the core divine energy that activates and, and, and of, Give and vivifies. The word is vivifies, right? What? Vivifies, right? Vivifies. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I didn't invent a new word this morning. It vivifies, which means it gives chios. It enlivens, as you say, every every existence. Then there is upchinus soiv of kalam. But then there's something that we call, the Zayar call, Hashem is not just Mamalakalalman, fills all the worlds, there's also Saiv of Kalam. What Saiv of Kalalman? Who Sha'inu Mislabish Batoich Alman Klal Bibchinis Pnimi Rak Saiviv Umakif Alehim Kamoshin is boyer besafer shalbainanim lahachayosa Shaikir Hachyus the translation of the words, Saib of Kalaman is not that which is enclosed, it's mislabish. It's enclosed within the worlds, in a state of pnimi, which is mamale. Rather, we call it soiviv. The word soiviv literally means makif, surrounds it, encompasses it. What does this mean? He says it gives it life. On the contrary, the main life comes from what's called soiviv, what's called makif. But this is called makif, and it transcends what he calls it, the ten spheres of Atzillus, because the ten spheres of Atzillus, they are what we would call Mamale. They are manifested within the ten spheres of Bria and Yitzhira and Siyah. So Chesed of Atzillus vivifies Chesed of Bria. Right? Gvura of Atzillus gives life to Gvura of Bria, and then Gvura of Yitzhira, and then Gvura of Asiyah, and so forth. And ultimately... It comes, as he said before, through Malchus of Atzillus, which Malchus of Atzillus gives life to all of the worlds of Bri Yitzir So Malchus channels the energy of Atzillus, which is divinity. And uh, Chesed of Bria gets from Chesed of Atzillus primarily, even though it all goes through Malchus. And Gvura of Bria gets primarily from Gvura of Atzillus. And it goes through Malchus of Bria to the next world, Yitzir, and then through Malchus of Yitzir, it goes to the next world. Malchus is always the ultimate filter that creates the transition from a higher world to a lower world. It's always through Malchus. Because Malchus is always the idea of Ein Melech Belayam, leadership, which creates the otherness of the new world. So it's always through Malchus. That's all the process of Mamale. And that's why it's so important that Chesed of Atzillus vivifies Chesed of Bria, because the character of Chesed, of Bria and Yitzir, in our world, we speak about Chesed in our world, what is it? At its core, it's Chesed of Atzillus, it's divine Chesed. That's all Memale. He says this, Seviv, is, is called Makif. It's above the ten Sviris, which is not manifested within the character of the lower Sviris, and that's why it's called Keser Elyon, which means the higher, literally the higher crown. And he says, V'zehu koil asher chafetz Hashem also. That's the meaning of the Pasuk. We say in Tehillim, sometimes we say, Bidvar Hashem Shemayim Nasu, the world was created through Hashem's word. 
But in Tehillim it also says, Kol asher chafetz Hashem What he wanted, he did. Sheikarai savos umabchines chafetz Hashem or etzayna ya'alyin. The main creation comes from his desire. It's explained in the explanation of the Maimer and Megillah Sestin, In every creation you have the life that comes from what we call Mamale and Saiviv. But the main Savas actually comes from Saiviv Ainsham. What does this mean? As I said yesterday, when we are, when we hear terms, we, because of our limitations, we immediately associate these terms with our finite understanding. So when we hear the word mamali, it means it fills up. And seviv means it's around it. So we imagine physically something could be inside of something and something could be around it. But not only is the definition of seviv wrong, the definition of mamali is also wrong. Because like I said, in physicality, when something fills something else, it's two separate things. So my drawer is filled up with papers, or my cup is filled with water, or coffee, or seltzer. So you have the cup, and you have that which fills it. And of course, that which fills it has to be suitable to that which it fills. Because if you have a cup of nine ounces, and you're going to put a hundred, you, you can't fit in a hundred ounces of water. You have to have nine ounces of water. Or a little less, if you don't want it to spill over. So as a result, we understand that something fills something else. It means they have to work together. If not, it can't fill it. But the truth, and that's true. But it's still a very um, remote, It's not. it doesn't describe what we're trying to say. Because in physicality, there's the cup and there's the water that fills it. It's two separate things. When you're speaking in ruchnias, in spiritual reality... So you're not dealing with things that occupy physical space. So you have a cup, and then you have water, and the water is one thing, and the cup is something else, and then they meet, and the cup has an opening, so the water could fill the space of the cup. When you're dealing with spiritual reality, we always have to understand it in a more transcendent, in a more subtle, in a more abstract way. When you say memale kalalman, something fills something else, it's really just a way of saying that it's really one thing. Mamalakalama means that's the toichen of the thing it fills. That's what he says. That's what Chayish Pnimi means. Mamalakalama means that the divine energy of Mamalakalama is the toichen. It's the Pnimius. It's the toichius. Toichen. Huh? The isness, yeah. So to say that the same energy that holds up the water. Holds up the cup. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not two separate things. It's not the water fills the cup. It's two separate things. Memalekalalman. Memalekalalman means, yeah. It's the same form and content. Right. The form and content is the same. Like the word, and when we say, so Memalekalalman means that the toichen, it's the way elikus, godliness becomes the toichen of the world. And the word toichen I'm using uh, accurately because the word toichen You'll say, a person will say, this speech had toichen, this article had toichen. Yeah. Toichen means it had something, it had a theme, it had a message, it had something inside of it. Yeah. You say, this person has a lot of toichen. It's an expression. It doesn't much work grammatically. This person has a lot of toichen, but it's, it's an expression. Uh, there's essence, there's a theme to it. Yeah. You'll say, the evening had a toichen. It had a theme. It conveyed something. There was a message. It wasn't, wasn't a stam, uh, you know, uh, vanity. There was, there was something there, something inside. So, yeah. You'll say a theme, means a theme of something. It also comes in the word toich, which means the inside. There's, there's the outside and there's the toich. Every single creation has a theme. And that theme is also a physical theme. What are you? What is your function? What do you look like? What are the molecules you're made up of? What are the atoms you're made up of? What are the unique combinations that make up this creation? That's if you want to talk on a chemistry level. You could talk on a more external level. You can't define and compare the purpose of a table to the purpose of a cup, to the purpose of a stand, to the purpose of a bookcase. You can't compare a living organism 
to a boulder, to a rock. You have a sea and a lake and a brook and an ocean. You have a blade of grass and you have a drop of rain. You have a flake of snow and you have a grazing animal. You have a heartbeat and you have a black hole. (laughs) All part of our beautiful universe. But each has its toichen. If you look for the toichen of the toichen, the toichen of the toichen is elikus, is the divine energy. With ten utterances, the world was created. What's Pshat ten? Because it's based on diversity. Because no nivra, no two creations are similar to each other. So Mamalakal Alman is basically the understanding of godliness that becomes the toichen. The pnimius, the koyach hapoyel benifl, I'm just quoting the terminology. The koyach hapoyel benifl, that really cat, captures it more than anything else. The koyach hapoyel in the nifl, and since each nifl is different, nifl is the creation, every, every creation is called a nifl, right? From the word pu'ula, there's the poyel, the poyel is like the activator, and there's the nifl, that which is activated. So koyach hapoyel benifl means, since every nifl is a unique nifl, it has its individualized koyach which makes its toichen, its theme, its chemistry, its design, its content, its form, on every single level, most external level and most spiritual level, the deepest level and the most superficial level. It's all part of that koyach ha-poyel. Baruch Right, so the Mishnah says, Al-kulam im amar if you make a shahakal on anything you eat, even though on wine you have to make a guffin and an apple you have to make a eitz, and a potato you have to make a dama, but I'll cool him in Amar Shahakal Yatza, because Shahakal Bidvari truly applies to every single creation, even though when I'm eating an orange, I'm supposed to tune in and say, no, Bayripriya eats, or Bayripriya Adama, or or whatever the right blessing for it is. <coughs> So shahakal niya bidvaray, and the dvaray is not the same. The dvaray is not the same. The DNA between two organisms, even though most of it is so similar, and the difference of the DNA between a human being and a chimpanzee is very, very, very minute, but that minuteness is very significant. It's extremely significant. And the same is true within every nivra itself. Those details, those tiny, tiny fractions of details are the physical manifestation of the uniqueness of the Kaya Chapal Benefil. means force. Energy, force, vitality. Yeah. The word Kaya here is very... Uh, In order for to do anything, so he had to actually work on, on this? Okay, it's a separate, separate discussion. And this is, and this, this concept is very related to the concept called Hishtalshalos. That's why he introduced here Hishtalshalos. Hishtalshalos, as we discussed many times, means evolution. Or, as Rabbi Yaakov likes saying, devolution. It's always that way. It's always that way. Well, everything we say is from our wives. How many things do we say on our own? Uh-huh. Whatever makes sense comes from Bini Yisera, the Gemara says. Bini Yisera. So what's this concept of, of Hishtashlus, evolution and evolution means? If it's to be a Koyach HaPoyal Benifal, if it's to become the theme of the Nivra, the first Yisoyed is that the Koyach of the Poyal and the Nifal have to be perfectly suited with each other. And again, it's not, not two separate things. It's not the water that fills the cup, which also has to be suited. I'm talking about the life force, and I'm talking about, but the life force that creates the unique design and function and individuality of the Nivra. Creates it before, creates it before. Yeah. It sounds like direction. Yeah, it's direction, it's purpose, it's, it's character. Character. The very life. Well, that's connected to Sovev. You want to explain okay. the mother is the energy that fills the oilers of the kind of match. It doesn't know the Yeah. It's 
fits. Yeah. So of the album. Yeah. So Mamali channels number one the fact that it exists, it's alive. But more than that, how it's alive, what it is, not just that it is alive. Let's take let's take the concept of space. We are we're all existing in space, whether we like it or not. But that's a common denominator. We and every single animal and every single tree and every single bush and everything on this planet or in other planets exist in space. We all exist in space. That's a common denominator. But within that itself, then there is the character of what exists in space. Every single nivra has its own character. So a malakalalman is not just a general chiyus that everything is alive. To give an example for this is, you have electricity. You plug in your refrigerator to the wall and it gets the electrical currents that allow the refrigerator to function. You also plug in your laptop computer so the battery is charged. You plug in your phone so it's charged. You plug in a vacuum cleaner so it could be a vacuum cleaner. So the question is, the electricity is different for the vacuum cleaner and the refrigerator and the iPhone. They're tuning into the same, they're putting it into the same outlet. So why here does it cause the food to freeze or to stay cool? And here it causes your computer to function. And the answer, of course, is because, if you use the Lashon of Chassid, because the Kali is a different Kali. The Eid is the same Eid, it's electricity. But the Kali, the, the, the receptacle, is a different cause receptacle. Here we're saying something else, we're not saying that. Mamalakalalman means that the electricity is diverse. <laughs> The electricity is diverse. That's what's called kayach hapayel benifel. That's why it's kvoid malchus chayemeiro ugvurascha yedabeiro lahidiel of nadam gvurasov. The electrical current is unique. It's diverse, and that's why it infuses each creation, creating it, sustaining it, designing it every second according to its unique function and purpose in this world. That's what I mean by the word teichen and theme. It's character. There's a commonality also, of course, no question. And that's why there's things in which we are all summoned, right, to do similar things, and then there's unique the, the unique avoid of each person. So, so, so that's not a physicality. It's hard to use gross terms, but there's something that gives me ideas, and there's something that is my uh, sort of just say my job description, and they're both the same. Uh, the user term electrical current it infuses me with the ability to live and to carry out a job description. So it's sort of say like a command from a I don't want to say it, but a higher authority gives me life and the ability to march up the hill. Is that the analogy seems to fall short because electricity to a different Kaylee, I get. But the electricity that creates the Kaylee and gives a theus, it's a dual function if you want to use Very well. Very well, yeah. So therefore, so to summarize it, what does Mamalakalalman mean? Mamalakalalman means it's the way Elokos, godliness, becomes the Teichen the inside of every single nivra. Or if you want to use another expression, it's the I, it's the ultimate truth of the I of every existence. If you can unravel the I of every single existence, every existence has its I, its I means its its existence, its, its substance, its true self. The I of I, the reality of reality, the word reality means the realness, what is the reality of every reality? The identity of every reality? Yeah. Ultimately, that's the word, that's what we mean by the expression of Mamala Kalalman. What physicists call godly particle? The divine particle, if you wish, which is at the core of every particle within the Nivra. And is manifested in every detail and every nuance of the nivra, and in it, and in the composition of all the particles. Ah, huh? does that mean it's the same? Both something that's kadosh and something that's cold, or holy and unholy? 
So you're asking a big question now. What's the difference then between things that are holy and things that are unholy? If everything ultimately is mamalakalalman, so then how could, why is the difference between a sefer Torah, right? And lahavdil, a besakise? That's a question. It's a good question. Huh? 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 Core of the particles, I that's what the, the mamala is. The, the rest of it is also. It, that's what I said. <laughs> that's why the, he said the divine particle. You're right. The divine particle is ultimately every particle. <laughs> it's not a particle. It's like an ingredient. You have cheesecake. One of the ingredients is sugar. So that's like the divine particle. That, that's what I'm saying. It's not filling it. That's the same idea. It's not something that fills it. It is its substance. You understand? Yeah. 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 The mission in Sanhedrin that ain't choisem echa doimalachavere. No two stamps are similar. And lefichah chayev kol echad v'echad loyma b'shvili nivra ha'olam. Right, the Mishnah says in Sanhedrin Lamed Zayin, every person has to say, "For me, the world was created." So this is an obligation of the Chazal. That the Chazal say that is you're, you're obligated to say, "For me, the world is created." Now, if you would go into your therapist's office and say, "By the way, our teacher told us this morning that every one of us should say, "For me, the world was created," he would say, "Which one is suffering from narcissism?" You come home and you say, from now on, everybody should know that the world was created for me. Yeah, go into your office today, try it out. Yeah. It's not necessarily the way you should start off the meeting in the office. The world was created for me. But there's one more thing, and that the Mishnah continues. I have to say, but you also have to say it. <laughs> so the world was created for you, the world was also created for me. That's a little bit of a paradox. But the truth is that there's a very, very profound idea. There's something at stake in my life that the whole world needs. There's something at stake in your life that the whole world needs. So yeah, chayev kol echad. It says kol echad v'echad leima. Kol echad chayev leima b'shvili nivra'elam. Every individual is supposed to say it. Nothing. There's something at stake in your life, in the light that you bring to the world, that is connected to the entire universe, that the whole universe needs it and requires it. And nobody can fill that role, nobody can give that light. Nobody in the past, nobody in the future, and nobody in the present. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean because one person is great and one person is small. This has to do with the greatest and the smallest. Because in your unique contribution, you are the greatest. And it has nothing to do with arrogance. It's actually much more about responsibility than arrogance. It's actually a very humbling idea because of what the person is summoned to. In creation, it's not just an arbitrary, you're an arbitrary little creature. There's something about you that is indispensable, indispensable to the cosmic symphony. Just like a musician in a symphony, and every note in a song is indispensable to the song, to the ballad, every soul and every body and every existence is indispensable. So you constitute an essential dimension that can, it's God's light manifested through you. Or as Dovra Melech says in Tehillim, Ani yadati ki gadal Hashem. Ani yadati gadal Hashem. So it's brought in Svarim. Ani yadati gadal Hashem. I know. I know. And the way I know God, nobody else could know. Because it's everything that you have that nobody else has. Nobody, no, every person has a secret of life that nobody else has. You speak to every person and you give them the time of the day and you're open, you're mental, you have mental space and you'll hear from every person infinite gems. Not because the person is brilliant or not brilliant or he has so much experience in this field or that field because every person has their uniqueness. Why? Because every person has what to teach me. If not, the Chazal wouldn't say that to be wise, I have to learn from everybody. Why should I learn from everybody? I should learn from 20 people that I think I can learn from. No. If you think you can only learn from 20 people, then you're not wise. (laughs) Then your wisdom is very, very compromised. If you were really wise, you would understand that there's something that you could glean from every individual. 
Doesn't mean you have to copy them, doesn't mean you always have to agree with them, but it means you could learn something from them. Doesn't it mean that's when you become a chacham when you learn from them? Yeah, that's what makes you a chacham. We all know that. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 So Bishmili Nivra means yeah. There's something at stake in your life and my life and his life and every individual's life that for that the world was created. Yeah. Similar yeah. some yeah. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Tantek <laughs> America. Yeah. For some people the the it's what it's what you learning is what not to do. Sometimes, okay. Ezochmal doesn't mean you have to copy everybody. On the contrary. You never copy, you learn. Sometimes yeah, sometimes you learn this way, sometimes you learn that way. He's doing his job. Huh? <laughs> in, I guess that way, yeah, he does his job, yeah. At the end of, at the end of a play, the, you know, everybody takes a bow. The villain and the hero. They both, they both brought out the theme of the play, but you gotta choose which character you're gonna be in life. Ultimately, everybody fulfills the purpose. The choice is not whether you're gonna fulfill your purpose. The choice is how you're gonna fulfill your purpose. It's hard for the play anyway. <laughs> I'm saying, ultimately, you fulfill your purpose. The question is, do I take a bow? I take a bow and I get an applause, but as the hero or as the villain? <laughs> but you're going to fulfill your purpose. Yeah, Everybody takes the bow, everybody gets an applause. At the end, they're all lined up, right? So that's all, this is all connected to Mamalik Alam. So in three words, it's Kaya Chapayel Benifel. I hope you understand the Nakuda here. I'm, I'm, I'm using different metaphors and different parables, but it's all the same. It's all the same point. It's the pnimius. It's the, it's the, we call it the chios pnimi. It's the pnimius. It's the toichen pnimi. The inner core. And when I say inner, I don't mean physical to go inside. The inner core is also outer. <laughs> the outer and inner and very inner and very outer core of the nivra. It's a lakus, the way it's translated into the pnimius and the toichen of every single creation. Godliness, the way it's translated into the individual character, design, purpose, functionality, chemistry of every single created being. That's what we call mamalik kalalman. What's soiv of kalalman? So we say soiv is, it surrounds the worlds. So what does it mean, surrounds the worlds? It's outside and surrounds, makes hakafas, dances around the bimah by hakafas. What's soiv of kalalman? So you use the word makif, soiviv, it's around. It's, so here again, we can't get stuck in the spatial, um, in the spatial imagery, because the spatial imagery is just a parable to help us understand the concept. What's called soiviv and makif means, the reason we call it makif is not that it's not inside. It's inside. In many ways, you could say it's more inside than mamalakalam. Well, I don't know more, but it's as inside as Mamale. What 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 Makov means it's something that's not experienced by the creation, by the creation in an internalized way, becoming the very eye of his being. Mamale is where the divine eye and the human eye meet. <laughs> The Pasuk says in here, for my flesh I will perceive the divine. Mamala Kalalman is the way the divine energy translates into my eye, into every existence's eye. So the reason we call it Saiv of Kalalman is, is, it's a transcendent light. It's a transcendent energy. What do we mean that it's transcendent? It's not experienced or internalized by the creation as its own thing, as its own individual identity. It can't be. 
because it's infinite. If I would experience Saivav as my eye, then what would I look like? I would be infinite. I would be infinite. I would be Saivav. The Chiddush of Mamala is that it's Gvura. It goes through Gvura. It goes through Malchus. Like, It can be known and experienced by man. Das, It could be, Das is experience. It can be experienced by a person because it goes through Gvura. It's filtered. It's restricted. Like we learned in the Maim of Yadaita. Remember about Simtsum and about Kalim, how the teacher has to communicate a message and give it in a brief and concise way and tailor-made to the unique brain and capacity of the student. And if he just says it the way it's inside of him, then the student is going to come away from the class with a migraine headache. Or with nothing. Why? Because it's not tailor-made to his structure. The idea of communication is it has to be tailor-made to a structure. That means tzimtzum. Tzimtzum means restriction. you got to condense it. You have to condense the energy. And therefore you have to have filters. What you say, what you don't say. And what you don't say has to be much more than what you do say. What you hold back, not because you want to hold back, because you want to give. <laughs> you hold back not because you want to hold back, because you don't care, because you do care. Which is what gvura means. Gvura, we often look at, it's called holding back, right? You don't give, you're like, you're tough. But real gvura is not you're holding back because you're trying to hold back, because you actually want to give, that's why you're holding back. And I should just say, we're just coming off the sphere of gvura, of sphere of sa'imer. When you speak about gvura in, in education, or gvura in any field of life, your gvura in your office, in your business, gvura is always holding back, discipline, restraint, midasadin, it's stern, being more tough, versus chesed, you know, flowery and loving and dovey, dovey, lovey. But real gvura means not you're holding back. You're actually trying to give. And because you want to give, therefore you're holding back. The holding back of gvura is never coming from a place of cruelty or apathy or I'm just in a bad mood, I'm angry. That's not real gvura. Real gvura is actually in a way deeper than chesed. It's like the teacher, he's holding back because he wants to give. That's why he's holding back. He wants to give in a way that the person could get it. Exactly. And that's what all gvur is. That's what real discipline is. Real discipline, real structure is that a person should be able to thrive. That you actually want to create a person. What's the difference between a disciplined house and not a disciplined house? Structure. What's the difference between a structured home? A non-structured home, right? The child could never grow up into a person. Because you cover everything. You just do everything. Gvura means I actually want to make a person. <laughs> I want to train you to be an independent person. So where am I giving more? <laughs> where am I giving more? I'm giving more when I'm holding back. Not because I'm holding back, because I'm trying to give. You understand this? This is important stuff in life. And if your gvura is not coming from that place, then you got to revisit it. That's the difference between Yitzchak and Esav. Both are gvura, but it's completely different. Just like Yishmal was chesed and Avram was chesed, but it's very different. There's love and there's love. There's gvura and there's gvura. There's discipline and there's, there's discipline that comes from impulsiveness. You're an angry person. You have a terrible temper. You don't know how to control yourself. You don't know how to deal with your moods and your anxiety. So your children are the carbon Pesach. Before Pesach and after Pesach, they're the carbon Tamid. And then there's Pesach Sheni and sometimes they're an Oila and a Shlamim and a Chatas and so forth. That doesn't have to do with gvura. It has to do... But on a Veza Mensch, I'm a very nervous person, an anxious person, and they are little, so they become victims of it. So you have to work on yourself. They're not, they're not, they're not supposed to be targets of my anxiety and my anger. That doesn't have to do with Gvura. That has to do with my inability to discipline myself. I need Gvura. I need Gvura. Real Gvura, real Gvura that is constructive, that is divine, is always coming because you want to give, not because you don't want to give. You want to give in a way that the person should be built from it. The person should be able to contain it. Yeah. So that's all when you're tailoring it to the individual needs. That's the idea of the teacher and the student. That's all. And that's the whole idea of the energy must evolve. Soiv of Kalalman doesn't go through that symptom. It doesn't go through those filters. If I would experience Soiv as my identity, 
there wouldn't be identity anymore. <laughs> it would dissolve into infinity. If the doors of perception were cleansed, everything would appear as is, infinite. So the chiyus is filtered through memale, which means it fills the worlds, which means it's tailor-made and custom-made to the unique energy of the identity that Hashem wanted every creation should manifest in the world. And that's what we mean by I, and that's the toichen pnimi and the chiyus pnimi and the inner core of the world, the koichapel benifl. But then there's saiv of kalalman, saiv of kalalman is also in every creation. But its relationship to every creation can't be conscious. It's not conscious. It's not one that I can consciously experience as the core of me, because if I would consciously experience it as the core of me, then there wouldn't be a me. That's why we call it soivif. We say it's around you, it's above you, meaning it influences you, it impacts you, it changes you too. But it's in a way that it doesn't become the expression, it's not expressed and manifested as the individual identity of the creator, of the creation. Is, uh, so if is external or it comes from inside? I don't want us to ask for this. It's like, it's like aura around something. And, uh, the question is if it's external or it could come from inside. person can enlighten himself to the point that it's not necessarily it's not necessarily external it's internal also but we call it makif because anything that the person can't retain and maintain and experience within the finite structures that they're made up of, it's inside of them. But the relationship is not one that I can experience it and grasp it within the parameters of my keli. That's what we call soiviv and makif. Not because it's around it and not inside of it. It's as inside as anything else. But its relationship with me is not one that I... I can wrap my brain and my consciousness around it. In many ways, it's actually more I than Mamala Kalalman. Right. That which I'm aware of is already filtered. I'll explain it. Huh? The Mamala Kalalman is the way the energy... Is, is restricted. Mitzumtzum means restricted, filtered. I think it's the difference between trying to drink from a fire hose versus a sink. Is the soil meant to be understood at all? Can it be understood? Well, we're learning about it. It influences you on its terms. What are the terms? What do I have to do with the unconscious level? Is it like unfulfilled desire, or it's a ransom that needs ransom? yeah, yeah. He said like the Ramchal speaks about on Hagas Ayichud. We'll soon see Lamaisa. From your explanation, the Mamala became a Where is the soul? <laughs> Why did Mamala? What, what was Mamala before my explanation? It seemed much more contained now. Huh? Trust me, as contained as we think Mamala is, it's pretty infinite. Lagabe <laughs> Soiviv, it's called contained. To give one, one, one example... So we'll give the example the difference between two forms of communication. Say a teacher in a classroom and a commander 
in a platoon, an army platoon. The teacher in the classroom, what's his primary function? To explain the ideas of what are being taught to the student. The key function and the key success is that the student understands it. <laughs> and ultimately, it should be a mevedover metechdover. Yeah. Now, I know not everybody had that experience because, you know, you have a classroom, 25 kids, 35 kids, and maybe one person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was a, like an army base, right? But the ideal, the ideal, what, what does it mean to teach? The definition of teaching is not that the teacher expresses himself. The definition of teaching is that the student absorbs the information and is transformed by it. And that means the key function is that the teacher is speaking to the student and inside the student, relating to his or her world, to his or her capacity, to his or her limitations, to his or her brain, character, disposition, and sometimes challenges. But I'm tuning in to that particular person. And yes, it's very difficult when you have a classroom of 25 children and each one is in a different universe and it's the same person and you're supposed to teach all of them. And we all understand the, the challenge of it. We all experienced it and you see it with your own children. Imagine a teacher sees that a bunch of kids, children don't understand the kshir, the class. So he bangs the table and he says, I am commanding you to understand what I'm saying right now. Senseless words. Why? What? Good luck. You've been a teacher. <laughs> you are a teacher. Because you just betrayed your very raison d'etre, your very purpose. If I'm commanding you to understand what I'm saying, then you don't understand a word I'm saying. I can't command you to understand. I can explain. I can try to enlighten. I could communicate. I can't imagine I would sit down there and say, I'm telling everybody to understand Mamali and Saif. Thank you. Very nice. You, you, you're misguided. You're not, you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong job. You pushed in the wrong job. The whole idea of teaching is erpnimi. That's the idea. Erpnimi means you gotta go into this, to the recipient. That's one model. Now take another model. Very different model. You're a commander in chief. You have one million troops under you. Okay? You're planning uh, D-Day, Normandy, or whatever campaign. And you have a million troops under you, a hundred thousand troops under you, or you're a commander in a platoon, a, a more limited amount, a smaller amount, but the, the, the theme is the same. And you distribute roles and jobs and positions, and you utter a command. And once one soldier comes and says... Uh, <laughs> I don't understand what you're thinking. I have a different way of looking at it. Explain what you're talking about. What happens? Huh? You don't ask questions. Yeah. 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 I was once uh, invited by the Pentagon to speak to uh, the army chaplains. So I, when I finished, they were taking me to the airport. So... Um, so somebody came over and said, Sir, whenever you're ready, the van is ready to take you to the airport. So I see another person also coming. So I said, uh, Why are you coming? You also have a flight? He says, No, but we have a law that you can't... Uh, that's what you mean. That you can't... Uh, one person can't drive. Somebody who visits one person from the army can't drive him to there, but you have to have two people. So when I went in the car, I said, I'm just wondering, what's the reason? Like, what do they have to use two people? So he looks at the, he looks at me like I'm strange. So I say, was this a problem? He says, sir, I've been in the army 25 years. I never asked such a question. <laughs> I said, sorry, I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> we didn't do anything without asking why. That's our whole culture. <laughs> huh? He says, 25 years, I didn't ask such a question. 
And then he says, sir, do we have your permission to stop to get gas? Well, I said, are you on empty? He said, yeah. So I said, why do you need my permission? He says, sir, it's protocol. When you're, when you're bringing a guest to them, you ask him permission to stop for the gas. Okay. And then I realized why Jews don't go to the army. <laughs> they decide to go into real estate. It's a whole different model. Mamali and Soivev, yeah. That's why he says Mamali is Dibur and Soivev is Rotsen. And that's the difference. That's what Rotsen is. Yeah. But to achieve the goal of the army, you have to have those rules. Exactly. Exactly. Now when they say to the soldiers, march, and you'll have a million troops marching identically. Identically. And you don't see a difference. And that's the power of an army. You ever saw a march? Right? It, it, it captures the zeitgeist of, of, of a nation. I don't like to mention him, but the, the greatest, the genius in this was, the, was, was Hitler. That's how he galvanized the German people. The marches and the parades. What does it do? It brings out the energy, the collective energy of the nation. At Brandenburg Gate, they did all the parades and he got all the millions of people. How? It was brilliant psychologically. You can't galvanize a nation by individual lie, individual teaching to everybody. It's the concept that brings out that we're one. There's a collective entity. So he used it for pure evil and destruction. But the concept is a very powerful concept. How do you get a million people to march in an identical fashion and everyone moves the hand, right hand up and down and the left hand up and down and the right leg and the left leg? And when you look at it, it's impressive. Why is it so impressive? Because it brings out the oneness of the nation. But I don't understand. These two soldiers are the same. Different heights, different personalities, different characters, different upbringings. When you're talking about their pnimius, of course they're different. But the nekud of the army is, I'm not interested now in your individual toichen. What I'm interested in is, yeah, your commitment, your belonging, your surrendering to the nation, to the spirit of the nation. And here we're both identical. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want to go to the Navy SEALs, yeah. You're an individual till the day you sign up. The moment you sign up, you're in the team. And now you say, but why should we wake up four in the morning? What, I have to do 600 push-ups? Out. You, you, you pull a bell and you quit. Out. You can go. You can always go. I mean, in some today, that's the system, at least in many countries in America. But, uh, but so, what, so what's, the, what's the real Nakuda here? Are they individuals or not individuals? And the answer is, you're addressing two completely different dynamics. If you're trying to explain that every soldier should understand on his terms the significance and the meaning, you're not going to have two people marching the same. Tell your whole class, I want everybody to understand right now what I said. Yeah, sir, boop, boop. No one understood a word I said. The only thing they understood was that I screamed. <laughs> because you can't. I'm trying that you should understand and you should understand. We have two different heads. I have to speak to you. It's a whole different, it's a whole different akuda. But what if I'm not interested in the individual dynamic? What I'm interested in is fakert, the bittel, the rotsen. That's what rotsen is, desire. What does this, what do the soldiers represent in their march when they're marching together? Their commitment. The fact that I'm in this army. I'm part of this nation. I'm part of this this military organism. And it's not about what I say or what you say. It's about both of our commitment to this overarching uh, umbrella and objective that transcends me individually. Now you and I can be mamish identical. That's what the march expresses. March! Of course, it's not a perfect marshal because I'm still... (laughs) You know, it's not going to be mamish identical. But when you look at it, they're doing exactly the same. How can they both be doing exactly the same thing? Because it's not about you versus me. It's an us. It's a we. That the the commander-in-chief, right, or the chief of staff, or the general, whoever it is, 
embodies, he embodies the, the spirit of the nation, whether it's the king or the queen. Or, but the point is the leader who embodies that spirit, also not as an individual, but as a leader of a country. And we're all part of that collective identity. So here, a million people are doing exactly the same thing. Why? Because I'm not searching for their individuality and diversity. What am I searching for? I'm actually searching for the exact opposite. I'm searching for their commitment and the surrender of their individual ritzoyness, their individual wills, to the collective need or the collective spirit or the collective campaign. If it's about the self-actualization, your self-actualization, my self-actualization will never be the same. But if it's about the surrender of self to something that transcends, here you and I could be exactly the same. Because <laughs> the focus is not on, on in Yiddish, the focus is not on zich, it's on nishzich. <laughs> the focus is not on self, it's on the negation of self, the transcendence of self. It is a minion of In that sense, a minion is connected to Soiv of Kalal Minya. Yeah. It's a different entity, yeah. You have ten individuals, right? And suddenly something happens. Something happens beyond ten individuals. It becomes a collective. You could say Kedushi, you could say Kaddish, you could say Baruch. Okay, we'll stop. Both, multiple and also by yourself. What was the Thirty-seven, Lamed Zion. Yeah, I think Lamed Zion. Explain. Yeah. I met somebody, a soldier, who served with Ari Sharon. He said, you don't understand the power the man had. He said, we had to have a tank go across the water. He said, 20 men to jump in the water. 20 people would just jump in and lay on the floor. He was beyond like normal relationship. They themselves. To the general. To the general. He was a successful general. He motivated people to move themselves to nothing. Even though that soldier had this, this thing they called Rosh They didn't want soldiers to be prepared. They felt there was a soldier that they should challenge. And God, I'm friendly with the lady still connected. I said the success of the lady is that they challenged him. And he said, you know, you're talking about criticism. He said, after it, what do they call the operation? So go back. They challenge. The commander had any challenge. The commander was challenged. Right. Don't be a rope. It's not a stitter. In other words, after the operation, yeah. <laughs> when you're in the midst of action. Yeah, so it's both together. Yeah. There's a moment for... There's the time when you're a student... The time when you're a soldier. After the operation, you become a student. Let's figure this out. Why did you use this strategy? Let's use this strategy. And that creates creativity. They say West Point, there's only three answers you can give your commander. Yes, sir, no, sir, mistakes. <laughs> Same mistakes. Three answers you can give in the West like Point. Three, like the, the no, evil yes, sir, no, sir, mistakes. And the you could say that, yeah. Like, motivation yeah. and inspiration. Yeah. So the force yeah. and like in a certain sense, I see yeah. that the, the place yeah. people was also unconscious. Like people yeah. who were whatever, narcissistic or whatever, they're, they're just unconscious. They're not conscious about their actions. You're not talking about it. Right, right, right. Not first grade. No, I understand. Right. Bishvili Nivra Ha'olam. Bishvili means for me, Nivra Ha'olam was the world created. Shem created for everybody their way how to pass through. Shvil, very nice. Beautiful, yeah. So, state from Baal Shem Tov. 
about uh, the, the Gemara says that Kol HaOlam, Hashem says Kol HaOlam Kuloi, Nizayin Beshvil Chanine Bni. The whole world gets nourished because of Reb Chanine Ben Daisa, and he himself, he eats, uh, uh, he ate ca- carrot, boxer, boxer from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos. He had a Kav Keruvim. He was very poor and he just had a little carob tree. So Bishvil means because. Bishvil, the path. He created the pathway for the, for the Hashpah in the world. So you're saying Bishvili, that what? Yeah. There's a special Shvil, a path. Shnei Shvilin, yeah. Beautiful. Dr. Victor Frankl used to say that we have a statue of liberty on the East Coast. On the West Coast, we have to have a statue of responsibility. <laughs> 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 a statue of responsibility. That was his point. It's better if we don't understand. It's uh, when we don't understand, we're closer to truth than when we do understand. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Understanding is liberating. Yeah, yesh When it comes to mamala, you want to understand. When it comes to savior, you want to not understand. <laughs> So this effort of the Welt, huh? Yede nekude, kol nekudam e chavayat ha-adam b'chayim mekabel pnimiyut chadasha. Ha-nekude shel individualiyot mekabel ha-ara chadasha. Ha-nekude shel bitl mekabel ha-ara chadasha. that it becomes the toichen of the nivra. Fakir, the main hisavos comes from soivev, we'll see. But the way it happens to Mamal is in a way that it fills, we'll try to fills it. When we say it fills it, it means it's inside of it. That's what we say, it fills it, right? It fills. So what does it mean in toichen? It's the way the hisavos happens in a way that it becomes the toichen of the nivra. That is his gather. When he says ich, that's his ich, that's the real ich, that's his gather. We're talking about a healthy eye, not a dysfunctional eye. Yeah. What's the what's the I'm just trying to finish out. I'm being honest. Your Shiloh is a Shiloh from Mamala and there's Saivah, so it's Kol Chadla from Shudah Delay. I'm not asking for a time on a month. I'm trying to understand. What, you know what? Let me rephrase it. What steps do you need to take on the new listening? Ah. This is a good Shiloh. I'm impressed that you're asking it. Most people don't know that you have to ask this. It takes them three years to know that you have to ask this. Why? <laughs> they think it's a psashalashudah's word. Okay. But that's... That's the first time. <laughs> no, I'm saying... Uh, but uh, there's a lot to say about it. But this is a good haschala. It's a good haschala. Everything begins with something, you know. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Right? Because people who at the age of 40 start learning Alev Beis, Balichuva, Alev Beis, Chumash, Rashi, Gemara, 
Bakivia, but I'm saying in our generation also, even who are secular, they come to yeshiva, this. And it's very frustrating. Imagine you're 40 years old, yeah? They're sitting at a shear, guys quoting Gamaris, and they don't know where. You know what I'm talking about. It's one of the things that could turn a person off very, very badly because you want to be successful. He has an MBA, he has a PhD in business. <laughs> yeah, he's a multimillionaire, he owns three homes. He sits at a shear, he doesn't olive base. You don't want to be, and he's 40 years old, he's 45 years old, he's 60 years old. And a lot of people, they, they shut down as a result because the creates so much anxiety. You know what, so, so 60 years I wasted my time. So it takes a lot of humility to be able to, uh, to be able to stick it through. I once saw there was a Baltruva who wrote a letter, unbelievable, it left such an impact on me. There was a Baltruva who wrote a letter to the Lubavitcher Rebbe that he's 50 or 60 years old, and he never learned Yiddishkeit. And he's so frustrated, you know, especially when it comes to Gemara. Reading Hebrew is hard enough. But even if you master Hebrew, when it comes to Gemara, it's a different way of thinking, you know. It's not, yeshiva boys don't know it. It comes to Chfonlutzen. Uh, but uh, if you weren't in your yeshiva, the way of learning Gemara is different. It's not, you don't have, it's, it's nowhere in the world like that. So he said it's very, very frustrating how much he doesn't understand. So the Rebbe wrote back to this person. He says, trust me that a person who learned his whole life is even more frustrated by what he doesn't understand. If you learned your whole life, really you're even more frustrated. And the point is that it's not about how much you know. It's about the journey. You you do what you can. But that was an unbelievable vart. <laughs> the frustration you have, I have much more, he was saying. Because <laughs> when you do understand, and you see how much you don't understand, you're even more frustrated. Because you can't say anymore, oh, I don't understand. I actually do understand. And I still don't understand. It's a very deep vart. In other words, the Gabi infinity, the one who learned his whole life, is even more frustrated. Okay, this class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.